Welcome again to Marin Covenant Church. My name is Ben Kearns. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And, um, and I'm not a good surfer. That was super embarrassing. Um, hey, um, but one thing, you know, we all have like these tapes in our mind that kind of shape our inner life for good or for ill. And I have this negative tape in my brain that says real men know how to work on cars. I don't know, some, like, that may not be your thing. It's my thing. I don't even know how I get this thing. My dad did not teach me. I mean, I come from Jewish lineage. I have soft hands. I just do not know how to work on a car. But in my guts, I'm like, I want to be able to open up a car hood and go, yes, I know what's going on here. I spent my 30s and half my 40s trying to figure this out. I have like a set of wrenches, and it just never has worked for me. Um, <laughs> I know, like a little do-it-herself thing. And um, anyway, it just never worked for me. But I want it's in my guts. It's some broken thing in me. But my friend Jake Stark, he, uh, he just bought a 1967 Malibu. And uh, I'm on this text thread with him and some of his buddies. And there's this picture of this, just this epic car driving down to Long, <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, and everyone's like, oh, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. And I'm like, yeah. Like, how do, how do I respond? I want to like fit in. I'm like, yeah. But they all know I'm, I don't bring anything to the table. And, um, and so everyone's like, yeah, let's see it. Let's see it. And so I'm like, all right. So Saturday morning, I pick up Matt. I get my truck. I get a flannel. I get two black coffees. I'm like, yeah, this is like what men do. And I pick up Matt and we drive to Jake's house and his car's out there. And we're all walking around like this, like, yeah. And Jake's like, blah, 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 blah. And Matt's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, totally. And then, the, of course, Matt goes, open up the hood. Okay. They open up the hood and they start the engine. All of a sudden, it's like, vroom. And like, yeah. And they're talking about it. I'm like, stuff. Like, I mean, I have no idea what I'm looking at. I'm just standing there like, ah, okay, that's great. And finally, they're all done. We take it for a tough spin. I finish my coffee and I go home. And I just like, well, that's awful, right? <laughs> but... What I think is interesting is I love driving cars. I love driving. I just don't know how they work. You know, I take all the advantage of driving a car, but I don't have any idea how they work. People who know how they work, man, they, they like love driving even more, right? They understand the depth of it even more. And I am ended up being more thankful for the people who know how to work on cars because I know how complicated it really is. And I'd say all that because this morning, you know, we're kind of doing the, we're basically looking under the hood, uh, for those of you who've been around the church a long time, for those of you who are members of our church and go to business meetings, you know, about twice a year we talk shop, we open up the hood and we go, oh, 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 right? And we talk all this ministry stuff. But for most of us, like we just go to church and, uh, you know, we get a free donut and some coffee and our kids get taken care of and the music is so good. And you're just like, gosh, church was great. And then you go on around your day. And we just thought it's a little bit of a risk, but what would it be like if we opened up the hood and we just let everyone, not just our members that are meeting in our business meeting in the afternoon, but if we let everybody, even your first time being like, hey, this is kind of the underbelly of Marine Covenant. This is who we are, what we're about, and why we do what we do. And hopefully you'll gain a little bit of appreciation that, gosh, that coffee and that donut and the great music and all the things that happen, like it may be too complex and it may be like outside of your worldview, but all that stuff happens so that people in our county, so that you specifically and everyone that we come in contact with may come and experience the love and grace of Jesus Christ. That is our dream, and that is our goal. And so we're going to use, um, we're in the uh, Gospel of John. So we're taking a look at John chapter 14. We're just making our way through. And I'm going to look at the first four verses of John chapter 14. And uh, if my, my seminary preaching professor would just hate how I'm going to preach this sermon, because I'm not really going to preach John 14. I'm just going to use John 14 as a couple mental hooks for us to hang uh, some thoughts on as we look under the hood of Marine Covenant Church and talk about what in the world God has called us to do. So here we are, John chapter 14, verse 1 through 4. It says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. 
For you believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus speaking, right? This is in the upper room discourse. This is in the Last Supper. These are the last few uh, chapters of John. Jesus just gives his best teaching. He's done all this like ministry and he's been kind of coy and he's talked in parables. And in his last little bit, he's like, okay, this is my last time with you. I'm just going to give it to you straight. And the next month of preaching is going to blow your socks off as we just dive deep into this teaching. So he says, believe in God, believe also in me. Excuse me. My father's house has many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have not told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Excuse me. And here's a couple things I want to look at, right? That Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. And in my father's house, there are many rooms. And so the first thing is, do not let your hearts be troubled. Can you believe we're coming into two years of COVID? So funny, two months of COVID, six months of COVID, one year, two years. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh my goodness. It is ridiculous. I mean, the amount of things that we've been doing as a church, I never thought we'd do. We're writing COVID policy and mask policy. And we're like trying to figure out doing online church at home, back together. Oh, just kidding. Now there's Delta. Back together. Just kidding. Omicron. And people's brains are blowing up, right? It's like, what is happening? How in the world do we do church? How do we keep church together? And I love this passage, do not let your heart be troubled, because I'm not going to lie, my heart is troubled. I know I don't present this way, but I am an emotional wreck, like half the time. I just like, my eyes don't show, but inside I'm like always all over the place. And at the beginning of COVID, like halfway through, I guess, right, of the first year of June-ish, I was like, God, what are you doing at Marin Covenant Church? What is happening? We can't gather the money's going out the window. I can't even work on cars. Like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, okay, Katie, this is it. We got to figure something else out. We are on our way out because my heart gets troubled so easily. I love partnering with Jeff because his heart does not get troubled. You know, he's significantly older than me. And so he's seen it all. I'm just kidding. He's seen it all before. And so he's like, it's going to be okay. And our leadership team, right? They're so wise. They're like, do not let your heart be troubled. And sure enough, our faithful church, even though we couldn't gather, even though we couldn't be together, was so faithful. You've been so generous. Our leadership team has been so wise. And because of that, we've been able to do every single thing that God has asked us to do. Instead of freaking out about our jobs and if someone's going to show up or not show up, it's like, okay, God, what do you want for us to do? And it's crazy because our our numbers have dropped. I mean, we have friends uh, in networks here in Marin, networks around the Bay Area, networks nationally. And every pastor friend I know is like, gosh, churches are like 50% down. So the churches that we were in 2019 versus the churches that we are in 2022, it's like 50%. And I actually have to be quiet because, oh my goodness, not only do we have so much money in savings, we're like 75%. We've only lost like about 25%. People have moved. There's been different things that have happened. But our church is basically 75% of what it was. There's this gathering. There's a first gathering. And then online, there's a gathering about this size as well. There are online communities of one whole third of our church. And God has been so gracious to keep us all together. So if we're going to stay together and you've been generous and we're discerning as a church, God, we're going to stay the course. Then what is the course? And the course has been very simple since the beginning of our church that we're really going to be about two things. One is we want to deeply, deeply, deeply know Jesus. That's the whole point of the church, the gathered body of Christ to be adopted in the family of God's family, sit at his table, worship him and love him and serve him. And then we want the world to know that So Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. So one of the things that we are going to do, we are committed to doing is this, that we are committed to maturing, devoted, spiritually alive followers of Jesus. It's such a giant 
thick statement. I love it. Jeff and I gave this little presentation to our leadership team, and Jeff just kept adding adjectives and adjectives, and it's like, let's go, let's go, more, more. I love it. Maturing, devoted, spiritually alive followers of Jesus. I mean, we know, gosh, being religious is just not going to cut it anymore, right? Just going to church every now and then is just not going to cut it anymore. What is going to cut it is being people who are maturing in their walk with Christ, who are devoted in their walk with Christ, who are making space for the Holy Spirit to actually grab a hold of their hearts, to refine them and heal them, to purify them, and then to send them out. Gosh, that is hard work. And we as a church have said, you know what, we are going to make space that all the cool things we do, which are so many cool things, at the end of the day, we are not going to forget why we are here. We are here to gather to worship Christ, to mature in our love for him, to be these spiritual giants, just like the spiritual giants were before us. Right? We, that's why we've studied John. We decide, hey, we're not doing any cool, pithy things um, this year. We're going to study John. How boring. But it's been not boring. We have so many incredible preaching voices. We're like, we are studying God's word. We are going to gather in community, right? Courtney's going to have these great Lent groups that we want you to be a part of. There's a great discipleship opportunity that Jeff's going to talk about at the end of the service starting on Wednesday. We are taking discipleship seriously. We are taking worship seriously because we know at the end of the day, all of it is for nothing to be just good religious people. How boring is that? We want to be maturing, devoted, spiritually alive followers of Christ. And I picked this picture of the gym because if you've ever done anything um, athletic at all, you can't just go out there and do it. That's like the biggest fail. I mean, every time I try, I'm like, oh, that looks so cool, so easy. You go out, Newton, you just crash and burn. It's all of the work that's hidden behind the scenes that no one sees. It's all of the early morning runs or the swimming laps or the hiking or the practicing or the whatever you're going to do that's excellent. There's always this part of it that's just done in private. We just see this part up front. We're like, oh, I could do that or I can't do that. But it's all the meticulous, consistent, behind the scenes work where we get our strength to do these incredible things. And our spiritual life is just like that. And we cannot forget it is the daily practices that matter. On our resources page, there's a thing called uh, our discipleship experiment. Every month, there's a brand new discipleship experiment so that you are like, what do I do in my walk with God? Oh, well, every month there's something. This month it's about prayer. Every single day, seven days, seven different things about how to pray differently. And you're going to try them all, and then you go, that works, that doesn't work. This morning, it's about worship. We're getting ready to go to worship, and you listen to worship music, and you let those songs become your prayers and tune your heart as you head into worship. It changes the whole worship experience. It got just on your drive here to have a little bit of um, adjustment. I know if you have a six-year-old, that's a little bit of a different story, but we'll talk about that in a second. So we want to make sure we're a church that does all of the behind-the-scenes work. All the work that we do at the end of the day, from the very first to the very last, we are about maturing, devoted, spiritually alive followers of Jesus. <clears throat> now, what I love about our church is that we are sold out in that discipline and in that mission. But we know that people who are those ways, our lives have been changed and transformed. And we don't want to keep that love and grace to ourselves. We want the whole world to know. We want every single person in our county to be able to encounter this living God and have their life changed and transformed. And so we want to be able to make our church wide open for any and all people. Now, a long time ago, this is the stories I hear. I don't know if it was ever this way, but you hear these stories of back when we were all lived in this homogenized culture and homogenized church, and we all were the same. And even then, it seemed like it was so hard to share Christ with people. Well, think of a world like now where Everyone is different, right? Economically, ethnically, the languages we use, being love church, post-church, post-Christian, all, I mean, it's just like, it is so mind-boggling. 
So how in the world do we do it? Well, we want to make sure that that passage says that God's going to make a room for every single person who's a Christ follower. And we want God to work double time. We want God to be like, okay, you're going to make rooms for people? Then we want you to keep making rooms, keep making rooms, keep making rooms. And we want to be a church that does just that. So this is it, the fruit of our discipleship, right? So if we're going to be discipled in Christ, if we're going to be these maturing followers of Christ, the fruit of our discipleship is a strategic and intentional effort to expand the household of God to all peoples here in Marin. I always just thought we just love Christ and love people and away you go. But we, the people of God, because of our leaders and our volunteers, we discern together. There is a very intentional, strategic and intentional effort to reach all peoples of Marin. I thought if we just open the door and let people come in, it would be great. It's so fun having people on our staff, specifically Danny, who always reminds me, she's like, uh, it's not great. You think it's great because you want them to look like you, but when they don't look like you and when they don't have your dad issues, like what are they doing? You need to make space at the table for people who are different than you. And so we intentionally develop our cross-cultural competencies. It's Black History Month, and Danny has a whole thing all month long for us to grow in our understanding and our competencies so that we grow cross-culturally. Because what happens is people who are coming to faith, which they are, are not coming from the backgrounds that you came from or that I came from. They're coming from backgrounds that will just make your head spin. And if they start sharing their life story and your eyeballs like go in the back of your head, right? That says everything that they need to know. And so we have to learn how to have empathy and grace and fascination with these stories of people who are coming to know Christ from the weirdest backgrounds and the weirdest journeys. And we're just like, tell me more about that. It's like mind boggling, right? And it takes intentional and strategic work. So one of the things we're doing is we're growing in our cultural, cross-cultural competencies so that anyone and everyone who walks through our doors will feel loved and cared for and seen. And we're not there yet, but that's one of the things we're working on. The second thing is not only the people who come here, we want that to feel that way, but we want people to know that our church as part of the body of Christ loves our county. And there's people in our church who get inspired and because they're these maturing, devoted followers of Christ who are spiritually alive and the Holy Spirit's like, now go do this. And we're like, you go. And we have these people in our church who are running after caring for the unsheltered community, who are feeding them and caring for them. And people, some people are like, oh, that, does, that doesn't make sense to me, so I can make meals. Other people are like on the front lines caring for them and praying for them. And this ministry is blowing up and it's going to be its own 501c3. Is that a thing? I think, you know, going to be happening there. Another person who's like, I want every single educator in Marin to understand human trafficking. They're the front lines of what's happening with kids. We're going to make sure that they're educated. And she raised all this money and, is ch- and she's championing and educating every educator in Marin. She's, she's just part of our church who the Holy Spirit is like, do this. And we as a church get to go, yes, more of that. We can't do this for all schools, but we can at least pick Hamilton School and all the things that we'd want to do for all the schools, we can at least do for Hamilton. We have this really special relationship with the school and we want them to be resourced and cared for and we want to support them and love them. And so it's our beginning to have a posture outside of ourselves. And who knows what everything God's percolating in you, gosh, let us know. And we want to champion that and we want to be about all that God is doing in our church and out of our church. And then the last thing that I'm just so proud of is, like Jeff mentioned earlier, because we keep getting all these resources and we're trying so hard to spend them, we, um, like, we have winter camp coming up. And do you realize it is so hard to gather students right now? It is so hard. And Shelly and Ben and their team, 
are just geniuses and are sold out and have made space to care for our kids. And our children and our students have just taken it on the chin in this whole pandemic. And that's a whole separate thing. Like if you want later, we can, I get in my soapbox and I'll really go off the deep end on it. But just a little small part. I mean, I have two teenagers at home, but our children and students, their psychological development, their emotional development, their spiritual development has just been crushed as we as adults are trying to figure out how to navigate all this. And we as our church, our leadership team has taken that big giant gray bar and said, we're gonna actually take that money and double our investment in children's ministry, make sure they have more hours and resources, double our investment in student ministry, make sure there's more hours. And because of that, 84 middle schoolers are going to winter camp, 84 of them for free because of you guys, like so great. We need two volunteers though, right, Shelly? So if we, oh, that's right, and high schoolers. But we'll screen you, so don't just be like, I'm coming. We'll talk about that because we, we, we still got to screen you. But that's incredible, right? And that's because of our generosity, because we want to be the fragrance of Christ. We're growing in our walk with Christ. We're the fragrance of Christ. And then people end up coming to know Christ because we as a church are doing that. Well, here's the last thing. I just want to encourage us that we would keep working the soil together. Like I said, I have soft hands, but in my mind, I think I could be a farmer. And this is how I imagine farmers work, right? Um, like you're walking into, a, into an orchard or, or to a vineyard, and there's just all this fruit. Oh, I love that. In fact, actually, my grandma did live on a farm and had an orchard. I remember being a kid, and you'd go to the orchard, and you'd just go, and you'd climb, and you'd eat apples and pomegranates and pears. I didn't like pears. But, you know, you'd grab fruit, and you'd eat them. And you're like, oh, this is so good. And as a kid and as a selfish kid, you had no idea how that got there, why it got there, the work that went into there. You're just like, this fruit is so good. And what happens is a lot of times, I mean, this happens culturally for sure. And I think it's happened in the church as well, where we just take fruit. We go, look at the fruit of our ministry. And we just run after things and we run after things. But what ends up happening is all of a sudden you get all the easy fruit and you're done. And because we, we don't really know how to change, we go, well, then let's, we'll just take ladders and we'll get higher fruit that's a little bit harder to get at. And then we'll get to take more ladders and higher and higher fruit. And we spend more and more energy just trying to get harder and harder fruit. But what ends up happening and what has happened culturally, what's happened in the church and praise God has not happened in our church is that we've realized that the way an orchard works, the way a vineyard works, it's continual work. It's continual tilling of the soil. It's continual planting of the seed. It's continual caring for the vine. It's continual pruning. And eventually five or seven years later, there's fruit. And praise God for the people who came before us for 50 years, people have worked tirelessly, sacrificed tirelessly, have been generous so that we in this moment get to enjoy all of this fruit. And praise God, God has been so good to us and we are enjoying the fruit. And because of our wise leaders, because of your generosity, we've chosen to take a big giant chunk of that. And so we can't just go and spend all that and enjoy the fruit. We need to take all that and invest in the coming generations and the people who are coming behind us and that's hard because we're giving a ton of money and a ton of resources to people who are not going to be invested fully yet. But that's tilling the soil. It's building a reputation. It's caring for our community. And sure enough, by doing that whole process over and over and over again, we get to be a church that presents the good news of Christ, both within our walls and out of our walls, to anyone we come in contact with. We have the most incredible church, not just because we have resources, not just because we have great staff, but truthfully, what our church is so rich in is you guys. The congregation of Marine Covenant Church is so incredible because you are heartfelt, devoted followers of Christ. You are the fragrance of Christ. You're generous with your entire being to everyone that comes around you. 
And because of you, the testimony of Christ, the reputation of Marin Covenant is expanding and is good news to our county. It is such a joy. Jeff and I just kick ourselves all the time. We cannot believe that we get to be pastors with you in this church, in this adventure. You just make our life so fun. And how fun to think about what God is going to continue to do in our county through all of our work together. And so as we wrap up our time, we come to the table and we, remind, we come to the table because we remind ourselves that all of who we are, all of what we get to do is nothing without Christ. Jesus is the very beginning, he's the middle, and he's the end of our story. Without him, all of this is in vain. And so we come to the table regularly, both to remind ourselves of the story of Christ, but also to be nourished by Christ himself for the faithful ministry that God has called us to do. And we also recognize that this table is for those of us who have found Christ to be our Lord and our Savior. But we also know that there's plenty of seats around this table for any and all who want to be on this journey with us, whether they're in this room or they're not in this room yet. We all have eyes to the open seat and to those people in our lives who we long to join us here at Marin Covenant. And so as we come to the table, we remember the words of Christ, who on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And let's eat together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And as he poured it out, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink this, you do this in remembrance of me. And let's drink together. Paul says, for as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we celebrate the Lord's life, his death, his resurrection. And we long for him to come again, to make all wrongs right. But until that day comes, we, you and me, Christians all throughout Marin, throughout the world, are the hands and feet of Christ, working alongside and partnering with the Holy Spirit to usher in God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And may all honor and glory be to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, both now and forevermore. Let the church say, Amen. And amen. Well, let's do this. Let's stand together and spend this last moment in worship, celebrating God and his character, sending him our affection and devotion in worship. <laughs>